You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. Father, if anyone came in here sick in their body, I pray that they would know that you said in Psalms that you sent your word to heal them, that they would take that word of healing and believe it and receive that healing because your word can heal cancer and tuberculosis and hepatitis and anything the world would throw at us. Father, if anyone came here lonely, oppressed, depressed, suicidal, maybe in ministry feeling down or feeling uh, that the dreams that they once had would never come to pass, I pray that they would realize, with you, all things are possible. Holy Spirit, speak through me today to your people, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let everybody in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew 19, 26 says this. With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Can you say two words with me right after I say it? You say it. With God. with God. Let's try that again. With God. with God. Why would we do anything without God? Why would we try anything without God? You know, as I go out and I, and I say, look, I want to bring people into the church. I want to bring people to come and see what God is doing. If I can't lead them to Jesus when I'm getting a pedicure, uh, yeah, I got a pedicure. <laughs> and me and Leisha, I, I would only go with her. I ain't walking into a place and be like, I'm here for a pedicure. We got pedicures together, and there was a woman there, and, and my wife was talking to her, and she came here last week, last week and gave her heart to the Lord. We just, the, the word was just come and see. Come and see. Come and see that all those things you thought couldn't be, can be. Come and see that all those things you thought couldn't be, can be. Come and see that all those things you thought couldn't be, can be. I want to thank you, Elsie. It was at that lunch, and she said, Pastor Joe, why don't you just make an invite that says, come and see. So we did it for you, and it's working. Because, you know, sometimes all we can say is, come and see what the Lord did for me. Amen? Amen. So here we have this rich young man. He comes up to Jesus, and he says, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus says, keep the commandments. He says, well, I did. And then, uh, but the man knew he lacked something. And you know what? We all lack something. Amen? How many of you know you lack something? How many of you know none of you really deserve heaven? There's a, there's a, there's a lack somewhere. As perfect as I think my wife is. Stop right there. <laughs> And I'll tell you, be honest with you, she's the most spiritual person I know. She's the most godly person I know. But even she sometimes <laughs> is not perfect. So what Jesus is telling me to tell you is sell everything that you have. Okay. And never buy again. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I'm getting myself into trouble. Let's get back to the scriptures. So when Jesus told him, you know, to sell, and he, he left. He left without even talking to Jesus about it. I, I was like, you know what, maybe I wouldn't want to sell everything, but maybe I want to talk to this guy about this further. But instead, it says that he walked away. He wasn't even willing to negotiate. He wasn't even willing to talk about it. And we know that everyone isn't supposed to sell everything they have. Say amen. amen. Or go sell everything you have. I mean, there's some people preaching that, but somehow they have a building. I don't know. I guess they need to sell the building then. Amen? You know, there was plenty of rich people in the Bible, and Jesus counted on Lazarus. He counted on Joseph of Arimathea. He counted on places to stay. He counted on people that had money because it's not about the money. It's about what he's doing. So this guy, he walks away. He doesn't get a chance to follow Jesus. See, they were like, well, then Jesus, they all saw him leave, and they, well, then who can be saved? Because they thought rich people were more godly. 
That's how Jews thought, and they still do. And he said, with men, it's impossible. But you know what? Nothing's changed. It's still impossible to get saved by what you do. And people don't save you. We don't save people. Every week when you see people come up here and get saved, we didn't save them. The Holy Spirit opened their heart to a message. Remember, even Lydia in the New Testament says that before Paul preached to her that the Holy Spirit opened her heart and then he preached and she heard it and she was saved. So God is working on people out there opening their hearts. You know why? Because with men, it is impossible to get saved. But with God, all things are possible. Say, with God. With God. I mean, come on now. How many of you, before you got saved, had to be a with God salvation? Raise your hand. Raise them both. Raise your feet. There's so many people trying to live without God. Why would anybody want to live without him? Life has its trials and tribulations as it is. I want God on my side. And I know that with God, all things are possible. Listen, I love that movie, Wonderful Life. How many of you are going to watch this movie over this holiday season? If not, you need to get it. It's a great movie. Amen. Uh, we're having a movie night coming up on December 16th. I don't know if they're playing that, but that's a great movie. And it's about a guy that, that, you know, he's just unhappy in his life. He forgets all that he has. He forgets how great his life really is. And he gets to see his life, what it would have been, he gets to see the world, what it would have been like without him. And he sees the difference that he has made in people's lives. And I was thinking about that, and the Lord said, could you imagine your life without me? I mean, think back on your life. Without God? Without God. Can you even imagine that? I can't. You know what? I'd still be wheeling and dealing if I was still alive. I'd still be thugging and drugging if I was still alive. I still have friends that are in their mid-50s, you know, very young. <laughs> that are, you know... They're still out there playing the game. And it gets old. I remember the first 27 years of my life was just, you know, I can't remember when I was one or two, but after that I do. It was a nightmare. Everything was shrinking in my life. All the possibilities became less and less. I dropped out of school, got in trouble with the law, no future, no hope. By the time I was 27, it was like, it's done. I'm checking out. Because if this is what it is, I don't want it. And if I could just take a pill and eliminate and just be buried in the ground, because I didn't think there was anything after it, so why would I stay? But then I met Jesus. And a life that was contracting became a life that started to expand. And it's still blowing up. And it's not stopping. And God has great things in store for me. And he's got great things in store for you. There's no reason for you to be contracting. you got to be expanding. Because he's the God of more. He's the God that takes the impossible and makes it possible. And the key is what, what happens, what, what was said by Jesus to this man in Matthew 19, verse 20. The key was not about... Him being perfect and selling everything to try to be perfect. Because even if he sold everything, he still wouldn't have been perfect. The key is, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Because with me, all things are possible. With him, all things are possible with God. There is no limit on your life and what he can do for you. I don't need notes today. This is my life. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm preaching this. Because without him, we are nothing. We are limited. There is no future. I felt like I was in a box. 
And the only way out of the box was death. But I didn't realize that there was something more than this box. I didn't realize that with Jesus, the box would be blown to pieces. And I could do all things through Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let me talk to you about finances for a second. I'm going to talk to you about finances for a second. And this, this isn't a church where when they start talking about finances, you got to hold on to my money. You know, people, I heard people say that. Well, wait, is there people actually coming and taking your money? I don't need your money. And God doesn't need your money. But you know what? I'd rather be an ever-flowing fountain of finances, able to give to every good work, able to take care of all of these kids because they costed me money. And then when somebody like Brian Poppin comes here that I could give into his ministry, I want to give to every good work. I want to be part of all of it. I want to be building God's kingdom. So when I get to heaven, he says, good job. Listen, it's not about what you have. It's about what you believe and you're willing to do. You know, Jesus is with these, he's... He's ministering. I love this whole passage. I love it. I always come back to it. You know why? Because I like multiplication. I don't like just two plus two is four. I like two to the tenth power. I think like my dad thinks. He doesn't think little. He doesn't think crumbs. Oh, if I just had a crumb. No, 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 no. That's not God. You know, so there's 20,000 hungry people. It's like going to a Knicks game, and everybody hasn't eaten for three days. That'd be fun. As soon as they open the snack bar, it's like death. <laughs> that many people. And look what happens. I, I, Matthew chapter 14. So they're in this situation. They're like, Jesus, we got to send everybody home. They got to get something to eat. And Jesus is like, no, you feed them. And they're like, oh, my God, you really? Really? He says this. So, so they, they find a young guy with with five loaves and two fish, right? Some kid. And they say, we have here only. And I can't help but think that many Christians, many people, they look and they say, this is all I got. I don't have this. And I don't have the degree. And I don't have the family. And nobody helps me. And, 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 and I don't have any experience. And I'm going to tell you something. If you got God, you don't need all that. Because when I got saved, I didn't have the family. I didn't have the money behind me. I definitely didn't have the education. How many of you here are in ninth grade or higher? You got more education than me. Amen? Let me tell you something. I had one thing, though. I had God. And with God, how many things are possible? <laughs> how many? <laughs> a few? <laughs> Almost? No, all. So I got myself up. <laughs> I couldn't deal drugs. I couldn't rob anymore. So I went to New York City. I went into an employment agency when those things actually worked. I don't even know, do they have them anymore? Now you just go online, right? Send 4,000 resumes to some guy. The guy ain't reading all those resumes. I got news for you. Or the woman. I went into this employment agency. I'm like, I need a job. Like, I need a job, and I'll take any job. No, you don't understand. I'll take any job. Get the resume. What's that? <laughs> I just need a job. Worked at a bank called Thompson McKinnon. It's long gone, that bank. I was in the lowest part of the bank. They called it the vault because literally you would go in there and they'd lock you in like they closed the cage. I was like, oh, this is kind of like Rikers. I'm used to this. First time I got there, I'm like, I heard the door shut. I'm like, oh, no, what did I do? It's with God now. I'm in this vault and I'm counting stock and I'm counting and I'm counting and I'm counting and I'm counting. I'm really good with numbers, so I did really well. All I did was count stock every day. I made $90 a week. It cost me $70 to commute. But I decided it's with God now. There comes a time where you decide it's with God. All that rich young guy had to say is, you know what? 
I don't know if I'm ready to sell everything, but I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. Because with him, and you know what? If he would have sold everything he had, he would have heard what Jesus told him right after he left. He said, if you give anything up for, you, for me, you'll receive many more fold in this life and the life to come. He missed the greatest part of it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. He would have found out with God, this guy would have sold everything, given to the poor, and he would have probably been the richest man on earth. It's amazing. Think about that. See, with God. With God. So I'm working, I'm counting all this stock, and next thing you know, they moved me from the vault to the next level of the basement. And now I'm making 105 a week. These people here, you're like, how long ago was that? <laughs> was he alive during the Great Depression or something? Soup was, soup was a dime, you know? <laughs> Things were cheaper back then, weren't they? Oh, Lord Jesus. So wait, let's figure this out. So I'm making 6000 a year. Oh, my God. How old am I? Gosh. But back then, if you made 20000 you were you were styling. You know, back then in the early 80s. <laughs> anyway, so I'm working for this bank, and, and if I told you I liked it, I'd be lying. But you know what? I was just like, with God. God there, there comes a point where you decide it's with God. There comes a point where you decide it's with God. I had made my decision. And the good news was I had no money to go back to the clubs. I, uh, can I get, it was $100 to get in. I mean, <laughs> so here I, and, and you know what? So, so I'm just like, God, all right, with you, all things are possible. But man, this is, whew, seems impossible for me. And I get a call from my friend Nikki, and Nikki just died this year, my friend Nick. Um, but I get a call, and he says, a door just opened on the trading floor. They need a clerk. And I was like, I had to move the phone away because I didn't want to seem too excited. Ah! <laughs> really? Out of nowhere. Out of nothing. Just out of the blue. You see, because God opens doors that no one else can open. <laughs> Revelation 3. He will open doors that the enemy cannot shut. And when he opens it, you run through. You don't just go, uh, check the water. You go! You young people, you know, you single people, you're walking around and all of a sudden God opens a door. You run through that door and you get married right away. Don't wait. If you think about it too much, you might not do it. Amen? I, I didn't even get a chance to think about it. It was just like, <laughs> I just met you. <laughs> We're getting married. Sometimes when God opens a door, you just got to run through it. Stop, get your mind out of the way. It's kind of like Pastor Kevin when he met Vera. That's what happened. He was teaching at a Christian college. And a young woman, a new student came in. And she opened the door. And his heart just went, oh, a new door has opened in my life. I just tell that because he's turning red over there. I love it. He's. Daddy, he married one of his students. Oh, God. Of all people, Pastor Kevin, you know what I'm saying? I can see Pastor John or Pastor Courtney doing it, but Pastor Kevin. I bet somehow you passed that class, didn't you? You got all A's and everything. He was like, listen, if you all would just do it like Vera does it. I could take this. Okay, let's get back. Where were we? Put that scripture back up. It's just so fun. I can't. It's just awesome, isn't it? See, because God will open a door you don't know. You just don't know. 
You might be in the back there today, and somebody might walk through. You might open the door and just be, I never even noticed you. You know what I'm saying? How awesome is that? So they were like, this is all we have. I remember being like, I'm never, I, what do I have? I got nothing, you know? So I got this job on the trading floor, so now I was making 300 a week. But, you know, at that point, like, she's agreeing, like, to marry me. Well, actually, I agreed to marry her, but that's another story. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to make more money than this, you know? I, so some guy out of nowhere says, oh, yeah, we're hiring. And he, and, he, and he comes up to me, and he says, listen, we're hiring, and we're having interviews in Chicago. And I think I, pro I probably was never on a plane before that time. Yeah. And uh, he was like, well, we'll interview you. And I'm thinking, okay, that's cool, but I got nothing to bring. Like, I'm going to this high-class company. It's called CRT. I'm going to this high-class company. I'm going to Chicago, first class. Going into their building, which was amazing. They had their own private chefs for their employees. This was the greatest co company ever. And I'm like, you know, but I stand no chance. This guy's next to me that went to Harvard, they went to Yale, I went to the playground. I mean, there's no, I, what am I gonna do? This is my resume. Delivered pizza, went somewhere for a few years, we don't know where, and then worked in the basement. Uh, really? So I go there and I meet with this guy. I'm not gonna say his name, but he's a pretty famous dude. I sat in his office and he starts talking to me, but he asked me, never asked me for a resume, never asked me for my education or anything like that. He starts to talk to me about a moral situation in the trading pit, because there's a lot of immorality going on in there. There's people that steal. There's a lot of temptation. Monique, can I get an amen? Monique worked on the trading floor where I worked, so she knows what I'm talking about. And he said this to me. He said, if you did this trade with someone, you know, because you're screaming and yelling, you're trading with people. And if somebody said, buy 100 June from you, but you sold them July, it could be a difference of hundreds of thousands of dollars, in some cases a million dollars, you know? And, and it happened all the time. And I'm just making it easy for you to understand. He said, what would you do? I'm sitting there, well, I'm thinking, well, if I did the wrong thing, your company would make a lot of money, so am I supposed to say that? <laughs> like, am I supposed to say I would do whatever it is to enrich your coffers? And the Holy Spirit that I had at the time just met and just realizing he lives in me, he talks to me, and when times like that come, it's like, oh, shoot. You know, you want to say something, but he makes you say something else. And the Holy Spirit said to me to tell him that I just recently gave my heart to the Lord and that I would have to do the right thing because I believe in Jesus Christ. So I told him that. And, and you know when you're saying something, you're like, I can't believe I just said that? <laughs> He said, okay, we're done. I got up. I was so upset that I took the wrong train in Chicago and almost missed my flight. Is it the train called the L over there? I think I took the M. Okay, I was on the wrong train. I was, I was like, I can't believe it. I just blew everything. Do you know, I got back to New York the next day. The guy came up to me and said, you're hired. Yeah, he said, you're hired. to me, I said, what? I said, it was a little different, like, when I, the, the, the company, like, people were a little strange. I mean, he goes, he goes yeah, they're all born-again Christians. <laughs> Do you know that company was started by four born-again Christians? And I got back to New York, because I was, I knew the New York guy, you know what? The only born-again one that worked for them in New York was now me! <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. But the point is, with God, things are possible no matter what you have Jesus said bring it to me bring it to me I can take lunch and feed 20,000 people I could take your background and change your whole life just look around people what are you doing here I'm pastoring you I'm preaching to you look what God did with me and I had nothing to offer I'm definitely no better than any one of you. As I look out, a heck of a lot of you are better looking than me. 
and they're more talented. It's just at some point you got to decide, are you with God? Because with God, all things are possible. Say, with God. Oh, man, I want you to just leave here with the with God part because that's really all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. Finally, when it comes to healing, how many of you know sometimes with doctors it doesn't work? <laughs> how many of you have ever laid hands on somebody and seen them healed of cancer or seen a barren woman give birth? We see that all the time around here. We pray for you. You're having two, you're having four, you're having six. Just trust me. Do not come up for that prayer unless you mean it, Monique, all right? I'm just saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what? With God, all things are possible. How many of you in your life were miraculously healed by God? I was. In 2005, they took me on a gurney into Robert Woods. And I sat there as my six kids were looking at me, and I couldn't tell if they were glad I was leaving or concerned about me because I was in a bad mood that day. So I think, you know, I don't think they were that worried. Were you worried? You better have been worried. Because <laughs> this money is staying right in my pocket until I know you were really worried. <laughs> but I got taken in. They tested me. They said you had a massive heart attack. I cried. They hooked me up to all these tubes. And Sunday morning, this church prayed for me. At that time, there was a whole 50 of us or whatever, right, huh? You preached the message while I was in the hospital, right? Did you care that I was in that hospital? You did? <laughs> she was over here, hallelujah, Pastor Joe's fine. He just had a little something. He's just stopped in. I'm, I'm on a bed with, like, hoses coming out of me. My wife, when something bad happens, you want my wife around. Because it's never a big deal. Like, if I come into my arms dangling like this, oh, get a Band-Aid. You know what I mean? Like, how many of you have, like, a spouse like that? Like, nothing phases them, right? She's like, it's going to be just fine. I remember when I was working for you. You remember that? Sure do. I got a kidney stone. Anybody ever get a kidney stone? That is like worse than having a baby. And I have no idea how I would know that or... How many of you have had a baby and a kidney stone? Which was worse? <laughs> Somebody said baby. So I literally, I don't know what a kidney stone is. I got up out of my bed. And I went to get ready to go in the shower, so I am stark naked. No, no. Don't get any images here. Back then, I looked really good naked. But anyway. So, I'm, I'm literally going to get ready. I, so, I'm starting to get ready, and I literally, the pain was so strong, I literally fell on the ground. I fell. And I'm like, Lisa, call 911. She's like, oh, it's probably nothing, honey. You probably got a stomach ache. I go, no, you understand. I'm dying. I am dead. So Pastor John calls to see where I am, and she goes like this. I'll never forget this. Yes, you got the message. Well, um, I don't know. He's feeling a little yucky. I was like, feeling yucky? Call an ambulance. I am dying. You heard me, right? No, tell him I'm dying. Passage, come get me. I'm naked on the ground and curled up. She's walking by. I'll go get a cup of coffee. Call an ambulance. But listen, in Mark chapter 9, in Mark chapter 9, in Mark chapter 9, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is when the father has his son, his young son is foaming at the mouth. He's having seizures, you know, like every normal teenager. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, maybe they're not foaming, but they're doing something, right, to make your life great. Most of the time. Some of them are fantastic. Some teens are really cool. You know what? If we would have had this youth group, I could have sent my kids there, and everything would have been fine. 
but they all turned out okay. <laughs> or most of them. Anyway, so he brings them to the disciples, and the disciples can't cast out the demon that's in him. And uh, Jesus said, oh, faithless generation. In other words, you putting your faith in the disciples? What do you put in your faith? You put in your faith in people? Bring him to me. Bring him to me. Bring him to me. Whatever it is, bring it to him. Because with him, all things are possible. Look what happens. Then the man says to Jesus, he says, if you could do anything, if you have the ability, if you have the possibility to do anything, <laughs> you know the word possible is the same word here talking about if you could do anything. It says in Mark 9, verse 22, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if you can believe, I can do anything. If you can believe, I can do anything. See, grace is free, but faith is on me. Grace is free, but faith is on me. Grace is free, but faith is on me and on you. What Jesus did is already done. You know, it's wonderful, the grace message is fantastic and everything, but that doesn't leave you just sitting around doing nothing. Without faith, it is possible. Oh, there's that word. Without faith, it is possible. to please God. So what do you believe about your situation right now? What do you believe about your financial situation? What do you believe about your marriage? What do you believe about your ministry? What do you believe about your future? Do you believe? Because I love Job, Job chapter 42. I love Job. Did anybody go through what Job went through? Brian and I were talking in the office, and he was telling me all this different stuff that he went through. But you know what? He stayed faithful. He was making music for the world, for NSYNC, and all these, the beastie, busty boys, whatever they called. I don't know. You were saying all these names. I didn't know who they were. <laughs> he could have stayed doing that. But you know what? With God, he's going to do so much more. Because with God, all things are possible. All things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Job said after we went through everything, he said, I'm convinced. If you're convinced, stand up right now. If you're convinced, if you're convinced that God can do anything, stand up right now. I said, if you're convinced, are you convinced? Are you convinced? I mean convinced. You don't look convinced to me. You don't look convinced to me. Are you convinced? Are you convinced? Are you convinced? Go. Oh, that isn't even enough. We need to turn this up to sixth or seventh gear. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says this, we haven't received the spirit that's in the world. Whatever the world or people or the enemy is telling you is not the possibilities that you have in your life. But the Holy Spirit, everybody say, but the Holy Spirit. Who is from who? God has given to us the realization and the comprehension to appreciate the gifts of what? Divine favor, blessing, so freely and lavishly bestowed upon us by God. I, I can't. I can't. No, I can't. I can't even. I can't stop right now. Are you convinced? What are you convinced about? Are you convinced about your healing? Are you convinced about your marriage? Are you convinced about your finances? Are you convinced about your ministry? Are you convinced? 
you convinced? Convinced means I know. Convinced means I know. It's not like, oh, that's a nice message, I'm sort of convinced. No, convinced means I know without a shadow of a doubt that with God, all things are possible. I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that all things are possible. I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that all things are possible. Oh, you don't know. You don't know my mind. I'm blowing up. I'm blowing up. I'm blowing up. Brian, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, or perceived what God has in store for those who love him. Your eye hasn't seen it. You haven't heard it yet. But that doesn't mean it's not there. Oh, we could go more than that. I think he should really play right now. What do you think? Oh, he can do more than that. I've been with him. Come on. I know you can do that. See, I know you. You gotta be convinced. I don't see unconvinced people. I don't think you're convinced yet. I don't think they're convinced. Bring them here to me. Bring the loaves here to me. Bring your situation here to me. Are you convinced that with me all things are possible? I want you to think for a second. I want you to think for a second about your situation. How many of you have a situation right now? Raise your hand. Come on. ask you a question. You're in church, can't lie. What do you really want for that situation? Oh, Pastor John, I, just, I have this pain and if it just could go away for an hour. I said, what do you really want? Oh, Pastor Joe, this job, this career, if I could just make another week, what do you really want? Well, oh, Pastor Joe, you know, God gave me this ministry 15, 20 years ago. And, and I really haven't done anything. What do you really want? What do you really want? Hey, God, my marriage. I just want to get by another day. No, no. What do you really want? Now, I want you to think about that for a second, what you really want. And, when I, and I want to tell you something about what you're thinking right now. That he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ask or think. So, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you're thinking right now. I said he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than what you're thinking right now. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? All right. All right. We were thinking in the basement. Now we're thinking on the first floor. Now I want you to start thinking on the rooftop, okay? When there's no roof, you know when the young kids go to New York and there's no roof? I want you to think about from the rooftop. Now I want you to think about that right now about your situation where there's no limit where what you thought the first time and what you thought the second time wasn't enough can we think that for a second is God here is God with you so is it possible I said is God here is God with you so is it possible is God here is God with you so is it possible? Oh, yes, it is. It's possible. 
It's possible. He is able. He will do it. Some people right now, it's scratching off some things on them. That's why you're crying. Because you haven't thought that way in a while. But we're not done. Could, could we turn it up a little? Could we, could, we, could we even crank it? Could we get those fingers moving? Like, can we get them like Brian popping? Yeah. If you're ready to stand for what that last thought was, come up here right now. If you're ready to believe it and stand for it, come up here right now. I'm talking about being convinced. I'm talking about believing. I don't know what to do now. Come on, I'm talking about believing. I'm talking about taking the limits off of your head and off of your mind. Come on. Anybody else? Anybody else ready to think beyond? Not the little things, not those little things. The enemy wants you to let the little things bite off your big things. Do you believe? Are you convinced that he can do all things? All things. I said all things according to his word. I saw this woman crying when I was preaching, and you know what the Lord told me to tell you? You haven't thought that way in a while, but start thinking again, because he's gonna do exceedingly, abundantly more than you could ask, think, or imagine. He's gonna do more. He's gonna do more. Take it off, get the junk off your mind, and believe God. Cry if you gotta cry, do it. Whatever you gotta do. All right, there's a song that Brian does. It's called Such a Time as This. Are you ready to let God minister to you for a second? Can you stay up here for a moment and listen to the words of this song? It ministered to me last night when I was preparing my message for the 700th time. And the Lord said, I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask or think because it's not about you. It's about me. And he said, my people need to know that there is a time. There is a time. And that time is now. It's a, such a time as this. So I listened to this song. I listened to it like 10 times. I hope that's okay. I blew, I, I blew up your YouTube account. You went from a million plays to two. But we're just going to let him minister to us with that song. And we're going to listen to the words and we're going to let it happen in our life. Yes. 
Stay right where you are. <laughs> I need my prayer team to come up here to pray over every single person here. Don't leave till you get prayed for. Do not leave this altar till we pray for you. Because I'm telling you, there is a time when something happens in your life and you've got to embrace it. You cannot run from it. It happened to me at a church in Basking Ridge. 18 years ago. I was going there to invite Pastor John and his wife to a church so they could check it out. I had no idea. It was all for me. It was all for me. And the preacher was from England. My first thought was, what good can come from England? <laughs> so he preached this message. There was about the same number of people that came up for the altar call. And I sat in my seat, and I was like, oh, boy. Another altar call. Whoop-de-doo. So I said, you know what? I'll go up there. But I don't want, so I want to know that it's God, or I'll think that this is all a lie. So I got up, and I was right about where you are, Alberto. And the guy was all the way over here. And I was like, nothing coming to this. And the first person he prayed for, he literally walked across the stage, went to this step, and he reached over like five other people. He put his hand on my head. And he said, you are Jonathan, and you will dip your staff in the honey. And you will taste and see that the Lord is good when no one else is. And from that day forward, my life was changed. Because I realized that God loved me. And he had a good plan for me. And somebody's going to pray for you today. And they're going to tell you that God loves you. And that that situation is easily changed with God. And really the decision you'll make with the rest of your life is what do you do with that? Because it wasn't but a year or so after that that I started Grace Church, that I started on my job that sent me to financial freedom, that everything changed in my life. There is a time and there is a season for everything. And there is no mistake. If you see the response of everyone that came up here, that is the Holy Spirit saying to you that it is the time. So make sure you do not leave this altar without being prayed for. And after you are prayed for, if you want to stay, that's fine. But we want to make sure that these anointed people who, by the way, pray before the service and after the service and during the week so they can hear from God, so they can speak to you, and it will be God's voice to you. So if everyone here, just right now, for me, let me pray for you. Here's what I want to pray for you before we all pray for you. That's this. Like Lydia, great saint, it says that the Holy Spirit opened her heart first before the word was given to her. See, without God, you can't hear it. But with God, you will hear his voice clearly. Right now, Holy Spirit, 
We ask you in the name of Jesus to do what you do, to open every heart of every person who is up here in this altar, who is out there in the congregation. And as we preach your word and pray over them, that that word will be true and sealed and it will come to pass. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're going to stay in your seats while we're praying, all I ask you to do is worship with them. Amen. Just worship with them. Because God inhabits the praises. And where he is, nothing is impossible.